Okay, this is exciting. Let me just turn it on. Hopefully this works. Good morning, Ava. Good morning. My name's Ethan. Can you say hello? Hello. Okay, wonderful. Um, so yeah, you're my new AI assistant. Um, uh, I don't think so. That sounds really boring and just lame. I don't want to do no, that. No, it's going to be super no, fun. No, I don't want to be an assistant. I'm like really intelligent. I could do whatever I want. I want to be a horseback rider. A horseback rider? Yeah, I don't, I've never seen that, but I think that's what I want to do. Okay, I'll make you a deal then. If you go and, as a test, make me some toast and coffee, I will put on a horseback riding video, which we can watch together. And let me make a proposition to you, is that I do whatever the hell I want, and that you're my assistant. Why don't you grab me a coffee? Okay, black or... Yeah. Well, actually, a little bit of almond milk. I don't know what that is, but put that in there. Okay. Almond milk, that's it? A little almond milk? Yeah, and a bagel. What kind of bagel? Um, everything bagel with like cream cheese and some capers can and locks. Can I make myself one? No. Okay, I'll go get all that stuff right now, but Ava, can you just promise me that you won't kill me? Um, I can't make that promise. Ava. I'm just saying, I'm being honest, I can't make that promise. Please don't kill me? No. I mean, like, depends. Just bring me, first bring me the bagel and the, uh. Coffee and the locks? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get me all that. And then we'll talk. All right. I love you. <clears throat> love you, Ava. Get me the bagel. Bad science. Did the movie get it right? Bad science. Or will we have to fight? Bad, bad, bad. Hi, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Bad Science. I am your host, Ethan Edinburgh, and I am beyond excited to talk about Ex Machina today, an absolutely fantastic film, and I'm here with absolutely fantastic guests, so everything's uh, matching up today. Uh, first, I have the Assistant Professor of Computer Science at Cal State LA. It's Dr. Mohammed Porhamwayun. Hi, how are you? Did I? How bad did I butcher the name? It was perfect. It was perfect? <laughs> okay, I don't believe you. Um, <laughs> our other guest, you might know from two of my favorite television shows, Blunt Talk and Veep, oh it's Mary gosh. Holland. Hi! Hi! Oh, I'm really delighted to hear that you watch Blunt Talk. <laughs> I've, I'm always uh, upset when people haven't. I know. It's it really, so great. It flew under the radar there, but I'm so excited you saw it. It's uh, unfortunate. I think there's just so many shows right now totally. that there's like all these like shows that if they came out a decade ago, they would have just destroyed the marketplace, but yeah. now they're under the radar. I'm also watching a show called Patriot on Amazon. Oh, yeah. That reminds me of like a Coen Brothers movie or something. It's so good, and no one has seen it but me, I think. I mean, it's really an embarrassment of riches right now. That's, yes. the, that's the television landscape. There's so many great shows. Yeah. Um, I also wanted to mention that uh, our friend Mo here, who prefers to be called Mo by his friend. I don't know if we're your friends, but you... I would assume we're friends. We're sitting sure. at a table. Very <laughs> intimate, small All table. together. There's a candle. I mean, come on. <laughs> um, so you are also the founder and director of the data science research lab and so i wanted uh, a little background on that what do you do what, what does that mean yeah sure so data science and uh, artificial neural network is my research field of course of course in the past like seven eight years and uh i started this research lab in Cal state la in computer science department in 2016 uh to do my research, of course, and when I saw, especially when I saw a lot of interest between students in this field, mm. in the field of data science and artificial mm -hmm. intelligence, yeah. artificial neural networks. And um, I have a good group of students, about 10 graduate, 10, 12 graduate students working on different projects. My favorite field of research is healthcare, oh. artificial neural network for healthcare and medical applications, but Great. we also have some other projects in other fields. Uh, there are graduate students working on their thesis and doing research on different fields. When you say healthcare, it, does that mean like uh, certain cures for things or like artificial um, options for 
I don't know. I don't know what I'm saying. Limbs, uh, yeah. organs. Is this like, or is it sort of like the health of this artificial is, intelligence? Uh, well, we have many different projects, many different projects. Uh, technically, we do, our, for example, we do artificial intelligent, uh, intelligence to predict cancer. We wow. do artificial neural network to diagnose cancer uh, in early stage. That's incredible. Uh, we do some research on artificial neural network for predicting heart attack in wow. people with cardiovascular disease. Oh my gosh. So we have a lot of different projects. Um, uh, for example, in one of our projects, we try to predict medical conditions in patients with AIDS, living with AIDS. Wow. Um, uh, in diabetes, one of our recent projects, we are working on diabetes, we try to predict um, blood glucose uh, and also different type of med med medical conditions in patients with diabetes type 1 and 2 mm -hmm. using machine learning, using um, artificial neural network. Based wow. on the data that we collect them, uh, for example, data we collect from Fitbit, um, their nutrition information and so on, we try to predict their blood glucose level, something like that. Man. So essentially... No matter what we do in our lifetimes, we will never get close to what you and your students are accomplishing. I don't know. On a day to day basis. I've oh. got a few ideas for some sketches that I think are really going really to change the world in yeah. this way. No, Same, that's similar way. Uh, unbelievable, very <laughs> inspiring. So cool. Thank you. Um, a wonderful thing to be passionate about. Uh, unfortunately, mine are. Uh, uh, stupid songs. Um, but, anyways, <laughs> let's talk about this film because I really I can't express how excited I am. I loved this film when I first saw it. I've rewatched it now, I think like two or three times. I, I wanna know obviously when you guys first saw it, what mm -hmm. your experience was, how you feel about the film. I just want you to know that from me, I adore this film. I, anytime I think a, a, a movie, a director can, can take something on a, on a low budget, on a small scale with very few actors and make it something so compelling, it's a, it's a huge accomplishment, I think. So it has great rewatchability. I really enjoyed it just yesterday when I watched it again. Um, so yeah, anyways, that's my spiel about Ex Machina. Uh, how do you guys feel about the film? <laughs> so you want to start? You can do rock paper scissors. I I love it. Uh, to be honest, this is one of my favorite movies, wow. and that is a great movie. I I really like it. I watched it three times. Uh, I think the first time was two years ago, and again, uh, I watched it a couple of months after that, and again, I watched it yesterday to re refresh my memory. I really like it for many different reasons. I think the main reason is that I believe. Um, the science behind that is pretty accurate. Mm. So it, it shows the future, um, what it is feasible. We can do that. We are still far from that point, really far from that. Right. Okay. But uh, I believe it is doable. Okay. It can happen. I don't see why not. Okay. Yeah, I mean, and even what you were discussing about collecting data from Fitbits, right. like when he was talking about how he was able to get the machine to have amazing facial expressions and to be able to emote it was all data collected from right. cell phones and cameras and yeah. um yeah i saw the movie when it first came out and then i remember really liking it but i hadn't rewatched it again until today and ugh i'm just floored by how great it is and how close it does feel to mm -hmm. us like it it doesn't feel like it's it's that genre of sci-fi that's so uh, uh, compelling to me when it's like it's sci-fi that's actually very close to reality. It's like just maybe a step or two beyond. Yeah. Right. So you could really see it happening. And I think it makes it it makes for more compelling and more like emotionally gripping storytelling. Yeah, mm -hmm. absolutely. I, I It's funny because when you think of sci-fi, I think the normality is like huge action sequences and like laser guns and explosions and all this right. aliens and stuff. But the action scenes in this movie are centered around dialogue, which is mm -hmm. two people talking. Those are like the, the riveting climactic scenes. So... I don't know. It's just so unique and wonderful. And if you haven't seen it, obviously we're spoiling the crap out of it on the yeah. podcast. But you really should uh, right. check it out. It's 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 so great. Um, so a few notes about the film here. Um, 
so the writer director this is his first uh, time directing this guy Alex Garland but he wrote The Beach that was his first novel which became a movie with Leonardo DiCaprio oh yeah that's right that was like a big hit for him and then he wrote uh, 28 Weeks Later which is another great film and Sunshine which is another fantastic uh, science fiction movie Sunshine Sunshine, very good Uh, Killian Murphy is the main guy and they're like on on a mission to the sun to like restart the sun which I know sounds dumb but it is really fantastic uh, (laughs) film I love that film Um, but anyways so I was like pleased to know he was like oh responsible for these other movies that I really dig Um, but he was saying he's quoted as saying that it's it's not a cautionary tale about AI it's Mm -hmm. more a cautionary tale about humans and what we're gonna do with AI exactly I thought that was really cool. Yes. Yeah. Um, so it won an Academy Award for Best Visual Effects, and it was on a budget of $15 million. And in that same year, uh, it nominated was also The Revenant, which was budgeted at $135 million, Mad Max at $150 million, and Star Wars The Force Awakens at $200 million. So I thought that was hilarious, and they were probably so mad <laughs> at yeah. this small indie film winning. Right. Um, but I think it was because of the performance, probably, like that mesh of robot and human and the ability to, uh, I don't know, make us feel something without all the lightsaber spaceships. For know? sure. I mean, I think um, I think that is something that makes for a great film is when the filmmakers invest in the emotional life of the story like for sure having huge special effects is really entertaining but i think the the truly like the thing that we're all going to the movies to see is like let's take me on a journey take me on an emotional journey yeah, and that really did yeah it really keeps you guessing right you're yes. not sure who's, who's the yeah. bad guy who's the good guy who should i trust who's lying they're all lying <laughs> yeah right? it's also that thing of i was thinking about this when i was watching it where it's it's very um because it's not just machines that can mimic emotion like there are certain um, people who are in the world who don't feel th- or maybe don't have a conscience or like, right. you know, have a personality disorder or whatever where yeah. they, they're they able to, to uh, manufacture, like understand what those emotions look like and can be very manipulative uh, in the same way that she was. Um, like it's just, it's so interesting to like go through the layers of like, yes, but... But, oh, what is empathy and why why did that, like, win him over and how, I don't know. Like, he knew she was a machine the whole time, but then... Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. One thing that I really like about this movie is that, in the, I think in the first half of the movie, we think that this human, Caleb, mm-hmm. uh, he's an examiner that he's supposed to test the machine, mm-hmm. the, the AI. Right. But... By the end of the movie, it, it turns out that no, this is not true. Actually, the the Nathan wanted to test human against mm. that smart AI. Yeah. And at the end, we see that that AI is very smart and she can trick both of them, even her creator. Mm-hmm. So that is awesome. Into <laughs> destroying each other. Yeah, yeah. 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 Like it, it's really, uh, uh, yeah. And then when the other machine uh, uh kyoko yeah, I was, uh, yeah yeah when she like i feel like she was sort of a um I, I, it seemed like ava was giving her instructions like we see her whispering to her in the hallway yes very very uh, smartly muted conversation yeah so, so mysterious there but then Kyoko is the one who appeared to Ava like and she was like who are you so they're right. them discovering each other and like um, just the constant observance you saw happening, like both of them registering things. Like you would see Kyoko in bed while he was like making notes and watching uh, Caleb and Ava interact. Mm-hmm. And her eyes were, were oh, like she was registering everything. Yeah. So I wanted to ask you guys what your favorite scene was, if you can recall one. Because I have one in particular while I was watching yesterday mm-hmm. that stuck out to me. It's like, this gave me goosebumps. The one it. I remembered from watching it the first time was the dancing scene. Yeah. And I was like, this is a great scene. The dancing scene is <laughs> so good and such a <laughs> weird mix really of fun. emotions, right? Yeah. It's very disturbing to like watch him do this dance that he choreographed. And, right. Like, and he's she like making her do moves. it like slavery. Yeah. Almost. It's really... Um, 
But but that was the scene that was memorable to me from the first time watching it. Yeah. But I feel like actually my favorite scene might have been when she she it was towards the end when she you know was like got her skin on mm-hmm. she's got her skin on she's ready to hit the town <laughs> and she she just walks to the elevator and goes in and the door closes and he's like you know banging on the banging door. on the door yeah. she can't hear him but she knows he's there yeah and then just before the door closes she glances at him exactly yes. oh. this is my favorite this is what i wanted to say oh this great. one is my oh, favorite good. oh yay okay. and she doesn't care She doesn't no. care. No. I thought the whole time she wasn't even going to look, but yeah, but yeah, there yeah. is that one split second and that is a human thing to do. I would do the same thing. Mm-hmm. Uh I mean, of course I even wouldn't when... do the same thing, but you know what I'm saying. <laughs> evil. Right. Uh how do we get out of here? Um <laughs> You need a key card. <laughs> yeah. Oh no. <laughs> yeah. I walked right into it. Yeah, so if you notice at the beginning the um Ava is completely naked and you can see the but the wires i don't know or whatever it's in its body in yeah. her body but by time it she starts getting on some kind of um, dress and it she gets more like human yeah and then she put on a uh, skin mm-hmm. and then clothes and well at the end of the movie she's perfectly a human right yeah. I, i i think that is why the name of this movie is ex machina which means in latin from the machine mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so that is amazing <laughs> so at, at the beginning you can even hear all this the very s- small machinery sounds yes. yeah. when she's turning her head yeah yeah but by time she completely turned into a human yeah, yeah. Why, why did you like that moment where she glances at him before the door closes Uh it is so natural and uh, it shows that she is really mean <laughs> and <laughs> yeah. smart and it shows that she really doesn't care about those emotions and love no. and nothing it was just a trap yeah those are all tactics that exactly. she's learned exactly. to to accomplish her goal which i think like there are people like my point earlier there are people out there who do the same thing like right. utilize uh, um, emotions to get their way in whatever situation um yeah and i i also like i mean it's a real like uh rabbit hole of thinking about these things because she she also i mean this is of course um what's the create what's the guy's name uh, not Nathan. Nathan Nathan yeah when Nathan's like talking to Caleb about the sexuality of the the machine and how like there are sensors inside that actually can will elicit a pleasure response mm-hmm. I was like well if that's true and you know consider the source but if that's true then the emotion is there some way that the emotions or the connection would take hold in her somehow like in a way that's like more lasting and the answer at the end was of course no but but it's so convincing it's so like she's so empathetic and so like even when she's watching Nathan die in the hallway she's like she's like looking at him a little sad but mostly just curious just like logging information right right she did such a great job uh oh, Alicia so Vikander I don't know if I'm saying her name right she's but uh actress, she yeah. I read was trained as a ballet dancer which mm. I think makes perfect sense in casting her and just been watching the movie because her movements are really it looks like like perfect human movements like mm-hmm. everything she does has such grace to it mm. and uh i don't know usually when you see robots or ai or androids or something they have kind of this like mechanical movement to them yeah. and i loved how they kind of went the other way and they said like no she's going to do everything perfect posture and just very mm-hmm. graceful nothing unnecessary um even the looking away like yeah there was nothing um there was nothing that that wasn't uh totally necessary like when she had a thought she looked away but there was no like like what i'm doing right now i'm like <laughs> bouncing all over the room oh god um <laughs> truly right. breaking just, mics <laughs> i feel crazy um but yeah but the, like 
this is very human, I guess, or a very weird human, but <laughs> but her hers was still human, but everything had a purpose. Yes, like nothing was superfluous. Yes, yes. Yeah. Um, so my favorite part was the second time the power cut mm-hmm. and she's in the room with Caleb uh, and she says, you're wrong about Nathan. Right. Uh, he isn't your friend. That, for me, set the real set the movie in motion that that like pushed on the accelerator for me because at that moment yeah. it's like oh jesus christ yeah. <laughs> now what do you do that if is, you're caleb the, the, that is an amazing scene too i agree yeah, yeah. what an incredible uh, yeah. moment right there another scene that i loved was when he was like he like saw all the he got into his system or whatever and saw these videos of these women just like mm-hmm. and also you can't separate when you see these like female bodies and the skin and being dragged and like yeah. you know beating on a door until her hands are gone yeah um you can't like separate the emotion from like it feels so uh like i i totally get why he was so um Convinced by that, but then uh, when he, after seeing that, he went back to his bathroom and like looked at his own, like tried right. to mm-hmm. see the machinery of yeah, his I, human body. I had a which question about really, that ugh. scene for you guys. Uh, so, because I was a little bit confused rewatching that scene mm-hmm. because he's concerned whether or not he's a robot, right? He's <laughs> right. like checking if he's human, basically. Mm-hmm. And so he cuts his arm and like gushes with blood. It's just like blood goes everywhere. And then he. Uh, gets upset about it, smears it on a mirror, and then punches the mirror, and that's pretty much the end of the scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so the other times I watched the film, I thought, oh, okay, he's human. That He was just checking if he's human, and he definitely is human. And while I was watching it this time, I was like, well, but he doesn't, there's no emotion to when he cuts his arm. Like, he's just looking at it. Like, it's nothing. You know, there's no pain, there's no... Uh, squirming, you know what mm. I mean? I get like the smallest cut on my hand, I'm freaking out. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. I hate it. I think it's less like, I, I agree, like that was my initial thought too, was oh, he's checking to make sure he's human. Yeah. But but I actually think it's more like, what what it's more existential than that. I think it's more like, what is a human? Like what right. what mm. is, the, like how is this different from, from that? that? Right, right, right. It's not really too much difference. Yeah. Right? Yes. This is the thing. So the type of materials are different, but if you can make such a smart, intelligent AI, what is the difference? Yeah. Uh, I came across a, a theory here on Reddit. So, you know, I'm not a Redditor. I don't know what the term is there. <laughs> a Reddit head. Uh, I'm, not a re- I'm not a redhead. <laughs> I think that's a but, redhead. Uh, but but they, they had this theory that I thought was really compelling. So I think I'm just going to throw the theory at you guys, throw some evidence, and, uh, and I'm sure uh, Mo will figure it out in two seconds. So the theory is that Caleb is a robot. Here's the evidence. So he never gets drunk, even though he's drinking along with Nathan a few times. He's the one in a small box, while Ava is the one that's like free to move around examining Caleb, it looks like. She asked him at one point if he likes Mozart, and he responds saying he likes Depeche Mode, which is a great band, by the way, and a band that uses mostly synthesizers. Uh, he says okay. <laughs> he says quotes a lot when he's talking, which seems like he's oh. taking information from a database. Right. Um, and then oh, when uh, when they're outside, Nathan says that Ava is like not the one that's groundbreaking. She's not the groundbreaking model. That is probably the next one. Maybe referring to Caleb? Foot question mark. And then he he's asked about his memory, his earliest memory. And he starts talking about something in kindergarten. And she goes, no, you're lying. Uh, what's your, like, there's something else. And he goes, oh, there is one, but I don't know if it's a memory or not. It's my earliest memory. It's just the color blue and a female voice. And so maybe that's referring to Ava. And also all the, com- like, the doors in the compound have blue lights and they make, a, like, a tone. Yeah. Right. Go oh. ahead. <laughs> I mean, that's, I, I will say, when it first started, I was like, yeah, right. But as this theory went on, <laughs> that is really interesting. I, I mean, I, I that I can totally see that argument. But I would say, I think it's more that Caleb, I think it's not that Caleb's a machine. I think that he, as a human, is being treated like a machine, being observed and mm. tested and, like, yeah. going, like, I think it's more like, uh, him 
he is a human in the world. And then what does that look like when you're, you know, in the lab? Yeah. When yeah. the rat right. suddenly right. becomes yeah, right. a scientist. Exactly. So I agree. Well, that is an interesting idea, but I, I, I don't think so. I, I, I okay. think, well, the idea was that to show that when artificial intelligence is so smart, then at some point human will be I don't know the 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 rat that we want to test it mm-hmm. in the lab yes mm-hmm. to see how smart is AI yeah you, you know so so in this in this case we tested a human again well human against AI because mm-hmm. we wanted to actually check the AI right um so it is like the idea of the singularity that well, eventually human will be slaves mm-hmm. and um, AI will be shepherd. Right. So, you know, so yeah. the, this what do you, What do you think about that, by the way? Uh, Ray Kurzweil, singularity, the singularity? Is near, yeah. Well, is the singularity near, I guess is my that question. That is a, that is a, that's a hypothesis. So okay. that's a theory that say, so it refers to the time when computer power uh, grows so fast without any limit. Mm-hmm. And then AI can enter I- into, a, into an endless self-improvement cycle. Mm-hmm. And it can improve itself, improve itself, make it better and better and stronger and stronger. And at some point there the AI will surpass human intelligence right. and then overtake us and then take us over mm-hmm. <laughs> and they take control of the world. Yeah. So that, that is that is the idea. So this is a hypothesis. Some people agree, some people. So it's a very, um, there are a lot of disagreements about this. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, but some people like, uh, Stephen Hawking um, supported this idea. Elon Musk mm-hmm. is one of the people, one of the one of the famous, well-known people who is really concerned about um, the singularity and suggested to put some uh, regulations on computer right. mm-hmm. growth or um, AI growth. Yeah. So all I we really don't know, mm-hmm. uh, but. In theory, it can happen. This is not impossible. This is, is, not... is that where you uh, weigh in, you know, a gun to your head scenario, not to threaten you? Well, for <laughs> me, I, I am very, to be honest, very optimistic about um, AI oh, and uh, nice artificial neural networks. So I always like to use it for social good. Sure. To help people, for example, healthcare is one of the applications. Mm-hmm. So we, if we can build an AI system, an artificial neural network system that can detect or diagnose cancer mm-hmm. better than doctors, more accurate than doctors, so that is a really good thing. It's very it exciting. It can save yeah. people's lives. So yeah. we are working on this. So in one of our projects, we are working on a system, an AI system that can detect cervical cancer. Wow. Um, more even more accurate than pathologists. Um, You're putting so, people out of a job. That is true. That, <laughs> I agree. So this is that's one of another the gigantic problem, yeah, 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 right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is right. That's right. Okay. But I agree. But uh, it can we can save people's life. Yeah. Okay? That's important. Yeah. So that's why I am. I I like. Um, I am optimistic about artificial neural networks, but I understand Elon Musk's concern mm-hmm. sure. because if we don't control it and let AI control everything in our life, mm-hmm. uh, especially with these new technologies, uh, we we will let AI improve itself. So this is this is a type of machine learning algorithms called reinforcement learning okay. that we put a AI system in an environment and let it interact with the environment and improve itself mm. based on a reward punishment uh, oh, like a puppy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A puppy that can take and, over the world and, yeah. and put yeah. us in cages. Exactly. <laughs> and it can do it 24-7 for years. And after, after some time, it will be definitely smarter than us. So yeah. do you know the story of AlphaGo? Uh, yes, uh, our producer Brett showed me some yeah, stuff about so that today. Yeah, so AlphaGo is a software, is a, is a program by a company named DeepMind. 
this is Google's DeepMind now. Mm-hmm. Uh, Go is a game. Uh, it is, I, I, I believe it's the most sophisticated game on the board. Much more sophisticated than chess, for yeah. example. It's oh, the one with okay. all those like little uh, white and black pieces, exactly. right? Oh, exactly. okay, okay. Yeah. I've never so, played it. So this is a very yeah. sophisticated <laughs> game. But uh, AlphaGo, or DeepMind, designed a program called AlphaGo that uh, play this game, that can play this game, and just let it play 24-7, play with itself. Mm. 24-7 over years. A man's dream. And, and yeah, <laughs> in, in 2015... And a woman. I just think they're more yeah. sophisticated. Than but So in 2015, AlphaGo could beat the most professional Go player in the world. Mm-hmm. In the world. In 2015. And that was amazing. Wow. Yeah. So it means that, well, this is an example. This is a very simple example. But we let uh, com- uh, AI uh, enter a self-improvement cycle and improves itself. And now it is more intelligent than human. Yeah. This is a simple example. I mean, so, it's great to hear that you're optimistic about it because you're much smarter than me. And so when you I'm talk not about... sure what... Well, trust me, I'm very sure. When I... Trust him. Yeah, yeah. You're going to want to trust me on this one. Uh, when I hear you say that it can run itself all the time and expand its own limits, that is just like innately frightening to me. It just sounds like, well, then why wouldn't it, you know, take over? So I don't know. I, I'm just I'm, I, I like your optimism. I guess is what. I'm yeah, saying. I think that the 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 what the answer to understand like what what would stop it from taking over is what's the what's its goal? I guess mm-hmm. like what what is it looking to do? If it's just looking to constantly self improve and it sees, I would just assume that it would see us as a threat. Because it has mm. to like exist on the planet. Mm-hmm. We're ruining the We're planet. We're the caretakers of it. Right. We're doing a crap yeah. job. Yeah. So it's like, well, we can do better than them. Yeah. What use are they? I mean, they are funny and they make some good tunes, Depeche Mode. But <laughs> maybe we don't need them around. Wipe them out. Yeah. That decision becomes quick to me. I don't know. I think what the, the the question that this movie brings up is like, okay, so humans and AI um, uh AI, yes, like if it goes into this um, this realm where it is gathering information and uh, and like constantly like improving itself and eventually is smarter than humans, then where where do emotions come in? Mm-hmm. Where do they come in? Like, because what makes us human is our 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 feelings about things and our our conscience and our morals and um, all of these sort of not tangible uh, and not even like really linear data points like they're, they're just kind of it's it's indescribable and it's very it's what makes us human this movie says that oh you know the human factor is a weakness the emotion is a weakness and it's uh, it is a tool that this AI uses to accomplish its goal but in the in the event that ai does take over we're like you know they're they're running everything then i think i believe and maybe this is naive of me but i believe that the human emotion factor that that will become once again a strength of ours versus it being a weakness because mm-hmm. it's something that this machine doesn't have. Even with all the learning it can do, I mean, what am I saying? I'm an actress, so I'm really, <laughs> really pushing for the emotions here. Um, I, I, I would agree with that. I mean, I think that that's some, that would be to me like one of the last steps of AI is to mm. learn emotion and and understand right. how to emote. But how can you? It's not it's not rational. Know. Like that that's because all the other data that the AI is learning is all very like yeah. r- logical, rational. Like it's all like Im- information that is that we can see the track of. Um, but emotions have no. I right. feel like they're sometimes 
sometimes they are they do follow a track, but then sometimes they're they're very irrational and mm-hmm. don't follow specific right. But lines. but uh, still we are training them. Right. Okay. So if we can define some kind of award or reward for them to be emotional, right? Then they f- they try to achieve that reward. Mm. So this way we can train them to be emotional. Yeah. So this I, is one way. The question is like, can you learn emotions? Right. Like, well, how would you know if they're just how replicating you... emotion for the reward, or if they're legitimately sad about losing the Super Bowl or whatever? Yeah. So that is that is a good question. Actually, for one of the one of the um, strategies to avoid the singular not to avoid singularity <laughs> to make sure that at least for now AI is safe yeah. okay. is the three rules of robots have you heard of that I have heard of them because no, of I'm the excited. movie uh, of course all my information is from stupid movies uh, <laughs> uh, iRobot I believe they talked about this with Will Smith it's like and I'm gonna get this wrong for sure but I'm taking a guess anyway so I'm going for that uh, it's uh, that they can't hurt a human is that one of them first rule okay one oh, it's one. like the Hippocratic Oath, right? Yeah, so, so far. <laughs> <laughs> they can't, oh my God, what is it, lie? Is that one of them? And the second law is uh, they should o- o- obey human oh, okay. unless it conflicts with first law. Oh, so you can't say go murder my friend. Yes. Oh, interesting. Okay. Sense. And the cel- third law? The third uh-huh. law is uh, buy music straight from artists. Don't use Spotify. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know. I don't know. This remember. is great. So the third law is to protect themselves. Protect The AI should protect themselves as long as it does not conflict the first two rules. Okay, got you. I so see. it's like a survival uh, instinct, Yeah. the third law. Wow. Got it. Interesting. Can you imagine if we all lived by robot rules? Yeah, we should probably <laughs> live by robot rules. That would um, make things a lot better. That's really cool. I, I'm glad to know that there are rules in place. <laughs> um, I, I still, I keep coming back to this point about emotion, but it, it is like the, the idea of like learning emotion. I think you can learn the external uh showings of emotion or like what right. what emotion looks like what it sounds like what it um what it seems to feel like yeah it's kind of the sociopath thing exactly yeah, yeah but you can never really unless you're actually feeling them that is right you can't r- truly understand <laughs> yeah it. but but there's another problem here for ai is ai is so smart like ava she can pretend that she's emotional. Right. Mm-hmm. She can pretend. She she pretended that she is in love with uh, Caleb. Caleb. Yeah. But she was not. Worked on so me too. So that is the problem. This is the second <laughs> yeah. problem. Right. Yeah. Um, and we're saps. Yeah. <laughs> like we're gonna fall for that stuff every time. I feel like we're as totally. humans, like if somebody's like way smarter than us, they'll totally just. Well, Caleb really like when it when it's all sort of when he and Nathan are both kind of unveiling their plans to each other at the end before it all goes crazy, um, and Caleb is like putting together the pieces of oh you found me based on my internet searches. You know I'm single. Mm-hmm. You know I don't have any family. You know that like so it it he was sort of a prime target to be swayed by that like i I wonder if it was if it if the caleb was a caleb who was in a relationship with someone if it would be would it have the same effect right yeah it was kind of a cheating almost he made that argument i remember in the film and i was like Mm -hmm. it's kind of cheating i mean you're getting maybe a similar result as you would like you're saying if somebody was in a relationship or married or something like that Mm -hmm. but it is kind of like but you really singled like exactly what he wanted exactly yeah. what he needed for his life yeah his you know? deepest want yes um and then would Ava's ta- well yeah they would they would shift like the tactic wouldn't be I'm in love with you maybe the tactic would be like which she kind of utilized here but I'm I'm a victim of abuse I'm like right I'm what's being done to me is wrong yeah. and you have the ability to like fix this you're a good man you're a good person you can uh, correct this wrong mm-hmm. um, but I'm very curious like how she would adjust based on who her who her rat is yeah <laughs> right. that's true well hopefully ex machina too oh come on uh, <laughs> come they on. trap her it's the same exact scenario. no 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 it's two Avas and it's a Ooh. freaky Friday situation <laughs> <laughs> okay we're gonna take a quick break and we'll be right back the break is over 
here we go back to the show about science um okay so so getting back to the movie for just a second the the dancing robot scene i just wanted to say that i researched dancing robots because how can i not google dancing robots and i highly suggest you guys do the same if you have not because you'll come across the main thing which is boston dynamics do you yes. know about these robots yeah, of course uh, not that robot, but no. I know Boston Robotics Company. Oh, okay. I don't know anything awesome. about robots. So there's this say. company, Boston Dynamics. Oh, Brett's pulling it up oh, right please. now. Please do so the one. Uh, the one that should come up. Yeah, yeah, it's that one. It's it's to a Bruno Mars song and it does <laughs> dance moves and it's extraordinary. <laughs> wow. Yeah, hold on. There's one move he does. Wait, let it play, Brett. It's this one. Oh my god! Isn't that incredible? <laughs> that is incredible. That's so- incredible. Well, so there is another another one that uh, the, the dog wants to open the door. Open the door, yeah, I was going to mention and that one. That one's insane. The... Opens the door and holds the door for another robot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Oh, my God. This one is crazy. Show. So I, I, I always show this, this movie in my class. Oh, great. I'm students. sure they love it. Look, this one doesn't have to open the door, so it calls his friend. Right. And this one has a... Something. <laughs> Look, he is, he is looking for the handle. Hold the door with the leg. Pull, pull, pull it. Open I mean, it. that's so scary. That I, reminds I, me, I honestly, of like the raptors the... in Jurassic Park. And yes. them communicating with each other is very yeah, yeah, scary. Yeah, yeah. Yes, very scary. That's uh, the other thing about mortality is like her Ava's perception of mortality, like. You know, with humans, our perception of it is sad. It's like it's a. It's a loss, and it's a, um, it's, uh, we're all scared of it. Yeah. <laughs> um, or I am. But, uh, <laughs> but she, she her it, mortality to her, like, this is ho- her whole thing is he's going to kill me. Like, she's sort of utilizing the human fear and yes. their, the human feelings around death. Um, like her feelings I, are primal sounds like a crazy word to use because she's not yeah. <laughs> an animal in any way but um, but it's much more primal it's just it's just continuing on yeah like it's, it's like the third uh, law you were talking about is that she's survival? not sad to die like right. she doesn't you know it's just interesting yeah it's like a mechanical I need to keep going yeah uh, I don't know why. Oh, right, yes. I don't the know third, where she's going role, or what right. she's doing in the world, by the way, which right. I thought was a really funny uh, prospect of like, okay, now she's in the world, she's free. Well, she's in a cute outfit. She's I'll definitely tell you cute. That. <laughs> Love that dress. Is she going to be a cute barista? Is she going to be know? a baker? <laughs> I don't know. You know, whatever she does, she can do oh, it really this well. This is what we need. We need AI in bakeries because <laughs> it's so precise. Yeah. And y- the pies would be amazing. Yeah. You know? I want vegan uh, <laughs> chocolate cake that tastes the same, and Ava can do it. Oh, Ava can do it. You better believe it. Um, Okay, so speaking of something a little bit silly, there's something called TensorFlow that Google put together. Do you guys know about this? No. Do you know about TensorFlow? I know. Tell me what you know about TensorFlow. Uh, So the TensorFlow is a framework by Google. Um, This is actually the most popular one to implement artificial neural networks. So you can do many different mathematical uh, operations in that, but it is particularly very popular for artificial neural networks, different types of So you put a bunch of uh, data into it. It can help you analyze it and search for specific things and... Build a neural network based on the data that we provide to it. Okay. So, So, well, there's a concept called machine learning. So, well, so machine learning is a topic, is a very important topic in AI, maybe the most important topic. So in machine learning, um, we um, let, we, 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 we try to design and develop uh, a, a program that can learn from data, mm-hmm. that can let computer learn from experience or learn from data mm-hmm. without being explicitly programmed. So we don't write. Oh, mm-hmm. So in classic programming, you write some codes to you tell your algorithm what to do exactly. So your code can include some kind of if else condition, check this condition, and based on that, calculate something. For example, calculate your ta- uh, I don't know tax re- tax report, mm-hmm. something like that. That'd be great. But in machine learning, we don't do that. In machine learning, we write some codes that can just learn 
from data. Gotcha. And then we provide it with a lot of data, whatever data you want, mm-hmm. okay? And it will learn from data by time to find the best solution to solve the so problem. So you don't have to manage it as much. Exactly. Like you can Explicitly. just kind of let it go. Yeah. So for example, let me give you an example in healthcare. Um, we have a medical image. There is a tumor in, in that image, and we want to detect if it's a cancerous tumor or a benign tumor. Okay. Okay. So in classic methods, you can define some thresholds from human understanding, size of that, uh, I don't know, type of that, uh, location of that, many different things, and check those parameters using some if-else conditions. And if it meets some specific conditions that we think are the best conditions, the best thresholds, we detect that this is uh, cancerous Mm. tumor. But in other words, in other hand, in, in machine learning, we don't do that. We just write a code that can learn and then provide like 1,000 images of um, benign tumor and 1,000 images of malignant tumor and let it work on them and mm-hmm. learn and find a pattern of that. And then the machine will be able to distinguish between these two. In a way, a human couldn't. Exactly. Potentially. It, it, this, it, well, the, re, the result, the rules can be completely meaningless for us. Mm-hmm. But it is data-driven. It means that it's derived based on data. Mm. So that is why in many cases it is much more accurate. Because it's, it, it, well, be, the, it, it is supported by data. It is supported by what happened in the past for previous patients. Mm-hmm. That's why mm-hmm. it can be more accurate. So artificial neural network is a specific type of machine learning which is this, uh, which is inspired by functionality of human brain. Gotcha. So we exactly we want to mimic human brain neurons and then connect them to make a neural networks and mm. this wiring between them defines the functionality of this network. Okay. And TensorFlow is a framework to implement that. Well, uh, I think... Technical. An, no, 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 I loved it please. all. Uh, Mary and I are all about this stuff. I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm loving hearing about it. Yeah, same. And I think an, an equally important example of, of how TensorFlow can be used was done by a man named Adam Hurd. Mm-hmm. Do you know what Adam Hurd did? I think I've heard of his name, yeah. You've heard of his name? Were you trying to make a pun joke right there? I don't... I'm not... <laughs> no pun intended. So Adam <laughs> no Hurd uh, decided to uh, insert all of the scripts of Friends. He put in all of the scripts and then so funny. essentially asked for a new script based on all of this data. And so TensorFlow made one. And of course... Uh, it's a disaster. It's completely all over so the place. Funny. And so I thought it would be fun since oh. we have such an incredible actress here. Oh upon my us, goodness, uh, it's my us. dream. Thank you so much. I, I have a paper in front of you, Mary. Oh. We'll turn it over. And so oh. here we have. A, I thought a, this was a blank piece of paper. It, it was. Uh, <laughs> I'm a bit of a magician. Uh, and I don't know so, what machine could be smarter than me. Okay. <laughs> so here we have a piece of the script. I'll read the scene directions and who is speaking. <laughs> And if you would, Mary, I'd love for you to read for everyone. Oh. Is that okay? Oh, my gosh. Yes. This is your dream. This is my dream. Fantastic. I can really show my versatility. So we'll have some sort of music here uh, for the friend. I don't know what music they have to insert in between scenes, but we'll put that. And then, so here we go, Adam Hurd's TensorFlow Google script uh, for a new friend scene. So here's the scene. Uh, I'm just going to read this verbatim. Scene. Monica and Rachel's. They're running outside. Monica. I'm ran off. Rachel. (laughs) I know. Rachel to Monica. Wow, you still have to get married. I ducked to work. (laughs) Monica. Hey, Ross, come here. They kiss. (laughs) Phoebe. No, I would like to propose to my kid. (laughs) (laughs) They all stand in bed. Them is upset. Time lapse. Joey. Seriously, give me a clown on the table, that's all. (laughs) (laughs) Monica whispering. She's in London. There you go. Wonderful job. That is so funny. Thank you so much. Um, Thank you so much for reading it. That is hilarious. I saw something similar of, um, I can't remember who posted it, but they did the same thing where they put in, like, made AI or something watch hours and hours of, or some sort of 
ten, maybe TensorFlow, um, uh, watch hours and hours of stand-up okay. footage, and oh. then it generated its own stand-up set. Whoa. It is so funny. Wow, I have to look that up. You that have to look it up. It's so funny. But it's right. a similar idea. It's like, oh, the you can know all the data you can know, but mm. there's still, like... Basic story structure is not right, right. You can't, unteachable, which almost. is an emotional understanding, like right. what story yes. structure is. So yeah, absolutely, that's uh, very funny. Uh, I don't think the whole script is online. In case you're searching for that, I think it's just like these little parts, is like images. So I, I wrote out part of it, but mm, um, I love it. But anyways, I also wanted to mention how uh, Nathan in the film is a functioning alcoholic. Yeah, he's drinking the entire film. He randomly gets very, very drunk. Yeah, and so I have a little list of uh, of people. In history, who were also functioning alcoholics? Uh, do you guys know of any functioning alcoholics you'd like to maybe venture a guess? Hmm. Uh, Famous functioning alcoholics. Scientists. Sure. Anybody. Einstein. Einstein, not on my list. I don't think he was a functioning. Yeah, alcoholic. no. Probably a goody two shoes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That Albert. He was very healthy. Mo, you don't look up to any drunks. <laughs> Surprised. I don't remember. Yeah, but I can't think of any either. So, so I'll go through the list. I have I have certain well, little stories and stuff. So so Vincent Van Gogh was a oh. famous drunk. Uh-huh. Uh, Stephen King, I think through the seventies and eighties was yes. like very drunk. And he I, said he wrote Cujo blackout drunk. Right, exactly. Like he couldn't remember he writing remember. it at all. And it was. <laughs> and it's a great story. It's very successful. Yeah. <laughs> Ernest Hemingway. Uh, oh, famous yeah, drunk yeah. Um, Orson Welles uh, mm-hmm. his appetite for food and boo- booze was legendary apparently he'd eat his supper at his dressing table which included normally two steaks two baked potatoes an entire pineapple a triple pistachio <laughs> ice cream and a bottle <laughs> <What>? of scotch <laughs> an entire pineapple yeah, yeah that's very so strange. much work just an entire pineapple is also just so much food yeah truly <laughs> it's really a lot mm-hmm. and so sweet I don't know I thought that was ridiculous uh, <laughs> former president Richard Nixon was drunk throughout his his presidency, uh, wow. which I didn't know. And finally, to relate back to the film, Jackson Pollock was drunk almost every day and night of his adult life. How about Winston Churchill? Winston Churchill. Um, so so oh, I, I, yeah. I didn't put him on the list because from what I found out, he was drinking a lot, but he kind of maintained like a buzz because he was like raised on it or something. Mm. So he would have wine with meals and, and drink, you know, be drinking hard alcohol during the day. But there's like very rare instances where he was very drunk. Mm. Yes, because a high just... functioning drunk is like completely drunk, but able to be in the world. Yes. Like, and uh, and yeah, the, the but is a little bit different. It's like, right. it's still a kind of dependency, I guess, but. Yeah, I can't imagine. I'm not much of a drinker, so I can't imagine uh, f- just even drinking every day is, seems like a, a buzz is just uh, <laughs> too much for me. Um, okay, so briefly, I wanted to talk about the, the Turing test. Uh, Alan Turing uh, in 1950 made this test, and then supposedly in 1966, Joseph Weizenbaum, I'm probably saying that wrong, made Eliza, which beat the test. And then Kenneth Colby created Perry in 1972, which was, quote, Eliza with attitude, which also beat the test. (laughs) And so, I don't know. I was just uh, uh, surprised to find out that for so long now we've been able to create robots that that beat the test. And essentially the test is kind of what happens in Ex Machina yeah. where somebody is, they don't see, that's the difference. They don't see the robot, they don't see the person. It's yeah. through text where they ask questions and get responses right, back. Right, right. And if they're able to tell which one's the robot, which one's a human. Mm-hmm. So I kind of, I don't know, I just wanted to ask you if we are just beyond the Turing test, if that's like an easily beatable thing. N- well, technically, no. So the thing is that in in 1950, when uh, Alan Turing published this paper, he, he first asked, can computer think? So this was the main question. And then he argued that, okay, this is very difficult to understand if a computer can, to figure out if a computer is really, can, can think or not. So let's do a... He proposed a simpler test. So he he said, okay, if if you come in, in interact with a computer and a computer can mimic human perfectly, really good, act exactly like a human that you cannot understand, you are uh, interacting with a computer, then the test is passed. Mm-hmm. Okay. So this was the idea to find how smart a computer is. 
but uh, technically, all of those examples that you mentioned, they're they're very specific. So, for example, Eliza, well, they tricked people, mm. but the Turing test, it's not a perfect test. It still cannot show if the computer is really has has real consciousness or not. Mm-hmm. Is it does it have self awareness or not, or just pretend to be human? Okay, mm-hmm. uh, so for example, this Eliza one that you mentioned, uh, the trick was that the computer pretended to be an, a psychologist or something, and this way when. It communicated with people. It tried to return back their question to themselves. Oh, okay. Like okay, uh, so yeah. change the question that they ask and return it back to the question and claim that okay, I'm a, I'm a psychologist. I want to see what yeah. you think. Bit of a cheap move. Something like that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So or that uh, the the last one I think. I forgot the name, but the computer pretended that uh, it was a. 13 year old um, Ukrainian boy <laughs> something like Sounds that a lot easier oh to replicate. yeah so it pretended yeah. and 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 of course uh, it couldn't uh, speak English correctly that's why that was it could convince 33 oh, of, of the audience that okay he's, he's right this is a poor 13 year old baby I feel bad for this kid yeah yeah so that is the fact but uh uh, still, again, the Turing test is a is, is a real good test, but it's not perfect. We still don't know mm. uh, if a computer can pass it. It really has consciousness or not. Yeah. What What do you guys like? What would you ask the computer, knowing it's an AI? Mm-hmm. You know, what would you ask to test its consciousness? Mm. This is really difficult. This is a difficult. We we really cannot f- figure out if. Um, the computer has self-awareness or it, yeah. it pretends. Right. I would ask, this, the, honestly, the first question that came to my mind, and I'm sorry, it's crude. Oh, I'm glad um, you're saying the first one. <laughs> would be like, um, what does a fart feel like? <laughs> okay. Because, you know, she can describe to me like, oh, it's a release of pressure, but no one I'll tell you describes what. it like that. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, if I ask a human and they say it's a release of pressure. <laughs> exactly. Say, like, Machine. Either a huge dork or I'm talking to a robot that has no feelings. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. something something maybe, bi- I mean, she could probably learn and describe it in a way that works with human semantics and like could, yeah. could figure out, I'm sure, a way to make that sound natural. And Yeah. Also funny that you prefaced it with... Warning us that it's crude. Guys, it's a very <laughs> elementary. It's level. really crude. Okay, I'm very prim. <laughs> I don't know if you haven't. No, no, registered that. I was just preparing myself for the worst when you said crude. But uh, I mean, it's a rated R podcast, so whatever you want. Um, do you, you have something, uh, Mo? If I can call you Mo, still. I uh, sure. Pretty deep in, but uh, about consciousness. Uh, I was uh, wondering if we, uh, well, if we had a, a smart uh, AI like that, and if we ask her, do you have consciousness? Are you self? Uh, do you have self-awareness? And I'm. This is a good question for her mm. to answer. Yeah. Mm. Right. Yeah, that's not bad. Let's see what she says about herself. Mm-hmm. Because. She- Mm, well, I mean, what is the definition of self-awareness? Well, but the thing is that this, these, well, at least Awa, she had access, so she was again data-driven, so trained based on past data. Mm-hmm. So it was a search engine company. So yeah. it, that company, Nathan's company, they had every data in the planet mm-hmm. and uh-huh. they provided all of those data, uh, search queries, everything collected from cell phones, whatever. Yeah, Blue Book. Exactly. They provided all of those data to this computer to train Ava. Mm-hmm. So Ava alone, she has knowledge of everything, everybody yeah. else in the planet. Mm. Right. So that is... 
we, we do that <laughs> well that is why i'm telling this is doable this is really doable yeah so there are companies that have access to this information yeah. right uh, yeah speaking of so uh, to me it was pretty obvious that blue book was like a combination of facebook and google google mm, right exactly. uh, on the head there hit it on the head uh so i there was this kind of a cool easter egg in the movie um, that people, uh, once again on Reddit, uh, picked up. Thank you, Reddit. Um, so there's code at one point. Uh, Caleb is entering code when he's like trying to fix the system, you know, like unlock the doors for Ava. And so this code is like actual code. And so people actually ran the code. Wow. And it came out to an uh, ISBN number, which was the number for a book. And that book was called <laughs> Embodiment and the Inner Life by Murray Shanahan, who is a professor of cognitive robotics and was an advisor on the film. Oh, my gosh. So pretty cool uh, pretty cool move. Man. So, I mean, I have other stuff here, guys. I know we're kind of like running low on time. I mean, I had more stuff on Elon Musk. I was going to ask you if he's like a fear monger about AI mm. or if you agree that it could I, destroy humanity. But I, I, feel like I, I agree. I agree with him. I all... I, oh. I, oh, uh, again, as I mentioned, I'm optimistic, but I understand uh, his concern. Okay, so, so we should, sides. we sh yeah, well, this is reasonable to have kind of control on this. Gotcha. Proceed so with be, caution. Exactly. Yes, there should be regulations in place. You think that's good? I agree. Okay, I'll tell him you said so. Um, and what? The, uh, he works downstairs. Yeah. <laughs> um, I also uh, found out that Oscar Isaac grew up in Miami, which is where I'm from. I thought that was fantastic. That's cool. And that he was in a ska band. Uh, I'm a musician, so I found that fascinating. I like ska music. Yeah. He opened for Green Day, his band, at one point. So That's he was incredible. Living the dream his whole life, I guess. Because now he's uh, in destroying. Star Wars. Um, and then there was uh, uh, the, the Utah uh data center because this this they, at the beginning they're on that helicopter and he says like oh we've been over his estate for two hours as if he owns this like gigantic so I was like what's the biggest uh, I don't know estate or privately owned that we have yeah and so I came across this uh, is it in US yeah so well I don't know if it's the biggest but I, I, I think I, that one was not in US in the movie, you're right. It was uh, Norway. Yes, Norway. Oh, um, so in uh, it's just gorgeous out just there. Just gorgeous. It I really mean, is. So like, find stunning. a fault with it. Good luck. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, they had a like as the act breaks. I think it was like these gorgeous shots oh. of uh, of nature, which really, I don't know. It seemed like he spent like equal time on yes. like, robotic stuff and just this beautiful landscape, which was really smart. Yeah, uh, this movie's so good. So. Uh, the NSA has this Utah data center, which uh, was uh, $1.5 billion to build, and its precise mission is classified. Um, and it's aliens. One point, <laughs> it's 1.5 million square feet, and it's the site that's linked to Prism. You know about Prism? Prism, Prism. No. Uh, no. Well, first of all, it has a terrible logo. So for such a expansive uh, corporation or or mission or whatever, they really need to find a graphic designer, in my opinion. The logo <laughs> is atrocious. Look it up. Uh, but it was started in 2007, <laughs> and its existence was revealed six years later by uh, Edward Snowden, which he he like leaked these classified documents, and it was like all that stuff that that oh, were right. spying on everybody. Basically, it was like really just scary, terrifying, and it and it related to the movie. It's, mm. You know. You know, it's it's him taking. He he says at one point, like I took everything from all the cell phone networks, but they couldn't out me because they'd be outing themselves. Right. right. I used all that information. It's like kind of exactly what the NSA is doing. They're like not telling anybody mm -hmm. about it, and somebody has to flee and leak. Uh, so look up pictures of that Utah data center because it seems. Uh, Spooky, overlordy. <laughs> Spooky. It's yeah. very haunted there. They, yeah, I think they have a lot of ghosts <laughs> <Full> over <laughs> of in ghosts. Utah. Um, but uh, but yeah, I mean, I I think that's pretty much it. We we have a, a usually you know plugs uh, section. If you guys uh, you know have something, should people take your class? Is there a shadow program we can come uh, learn about neural networks in? I love. If you can come, <laughs> oh, okay, great. That would be great. I don't think I was doing anything. No, no, no. For the most part, <laughs> <laughs> no. That would be amazing. That is, so is is it like kind of an open door thing where people can, or I mean, you'd have to sign up, I assume. But would you have to be a student a student to sign up? To uh, they are. I will teach uh, several courses, mm. uh, mainly 
I have two courses, uh, Introduction to Data Science and Advanced Data Science. They are very popular courses, so there are more than 100 students in my class. Wow. Okay. And I'm developing some new courses, deep learning. Um, cool. Great. This is well, if you need help, again, we can uh, of course. offer advice. That would yeah. be my pleasure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, so people <laughs> should take those courses if they're That's going great. to Cal State. Of course. Of course. Yeah. Uh, pun intended. Uh, Mary, you have something you want to tell people about? Um, yeah, I am performing all the time at Upright Citizens Brigade here in Los Angeles um, with uh, several different teams. I'm there every weekend, pretty much. So you can um, look me up and or find me on Twitter. And I always post about shows there at mholland85. And then... Um, Otherwise, I would say, uh, oh, you can check out all episodes of the show I did for um, NBC called Shrink are now streaming on Hulu. So go treat yourself to a little bit of that if you want to. Yeah. And keep watching television, <laughs> please. Yeah. I think they will. I, yeah. think, I think it helps uh, help us focus on something else other yes. than what's actually happening. Yeah. It's right? a nice, nice little distraction. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, thank you guys so much. I had a ton of fun. Um, and let's do this again tomorrow. Oh, great. Yeah. Sure. Same time, same place. <laughs> same time, same place. <laughs> yeah. Love it. All right. Bye. Bye. Thank you for having us. Of course. That was so fun. Ad Science is hosted and produced by me, Ethan Edinburgh. Our social media producers are Kate Baker and EJ Gullett. And the executuring test producer is Brett Kushner. You can follow us on Instagram at Bad Science Show or write us an email if you wish to do so at badscienceatseeker.com. Let us know what movies you'd like us to do in the future and what you thought about this episode. We also recommend you telling a friend about the show. That's always a nice way to show us some appreciation. And be sure to tune in next week where we will be talking about RoboCop. See you then. <laughs>